0: To your friends, Ash and Mayor. That was extra this time. That really was. (laughs) Welcome to episode nine. So we did we switched things up a little bit this week. And it will really you won't notice. (laughs) 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 Only we noticed. Um so we actually recorded our conversation with our friend at the kitchen table prior to this dazzling introduction. (laughs) Dazzling is such a good descriptive word for this. (laughs) So here's the funny thing is I knew we were going to have to do a lot of editing the upcoming episode due to our bulldog that tap dances around the kitchen while we try and talk. She's currently chewing on her bone. So if you hear any strange rumblings in the background, it's her. It's amazing. We haven't talked about her before because all she does is interrupt us when we're trying to record this, but that's neither here nor there. I knew there was going to be a lot of editing. So I immediately was anxiety at a 10 we better start editing this second the okay m- the minute she left she says we better start editing but in reality it means i better sit down and start editing the minute i get home from work and so in my mind i was like we need to start editing this second <laughs> <laughs> and in true ash fashion i know she was like can we shorten that to ash fash please <laughs> Forever more. It is called Ash Fash. I'm here for it. That's what our merch is going to say. Yes, in true Ash
1: <laughs> Here we are.
0: But in true Ash she's like, no, just do it, you know, tomorrow. No big deal. Like, I get it. That's us in a nutshell. You are on a hamster wheel of anxiety, and I am the most calm. She's like, not ever concerned about the amount of time we might have or how long something is going to take (laughs) ever, (laughs) which means I'm often at least five minutes late for things. (laughs) And all I do is worry about time. Yeah. I worry about waking up. I worry about how long it's going to take to get somewhere. I worry how long it's going to be while we're somewhere. (laughs) I worry how long it's going to take to do something. And I am just along for the ride. (laughs) (laughs) Lucky. (laughs) Lucky. Ridiculous. So with that said, we have a really wonderful, insightful conversation today. We do. I am super excited that my friend Kaylee is going to join us at our kitchen table to have great conversation um, centered around like religion and how it affects Mara and I as a couple, how she handles working in her role. It's really great stuff. Stick with us because it's a pretty long, it's one of our longer episodes, but there's some really like decent gems of knowledge toward the end. There is, throughout, there is. And I'm, I'm really glad we had the conversation, even though it certainly was not an easy one. Mm-mm. And somebody cries. and it's, Somebody does. And it's not Ash. Or is it? You'll have to wait and see. <laughs> we'll see you back in just a moment with our beautiful, insightful, wonderful friend, Kaylee. All right, welcome back. Yay, we're so pumped about this week's friend. We are. She's one of my friends. Mm-hmm. And I've known her since 2011, 2010. We are excited to welcome Kaylee. Kaylee. Last name, full name.
1: What are we doing? Uh, my Kaylee Marie Hagen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could have told you I was born in nineteen ninety-three, and you could probably guess my middle name right there. Oh, true, because it's Marie. So. Well, my
0: name's Ashley, so you could probably true. guess <laughs> when I was born. Yes. You guys are. You guys are kind of all the things. Like you. In general, yeah, mm, yes. No, I'm I just mean like you're though. friends, but you also work together, and you did your sportsy sports together. Sports ball, sports ball. Yeah, we our relationship has definitely evolved over the years.
1: All the things that's yeah. I get now. Yes, we have been all the things.
0: Yeah. yeah. So how did you guys meet? Um, I was coaching fast pitch at Meadowdale, and Kaylee was
1: playing fast pitch at Meadowdale. That is. Accurate. I wouldn't say I was <laughs> playing fast pitch. I would say I was Part on the team. team. You were participating. I say- <laughs> uh, Cause I believe it was my junior year that you were coaching. Yep. And that year I made JV, which was your team. Yep. And then two weeks later, the head coach moved me up. I mm-hmm. never played a single game with JV. Um, but then I went and did the school musical and jumped down some stairs and tore my meniscus yeah. and then didn't play at all that year. So, so we really kind of probably hung out more then. Yeah. Because then I was just sitting on a bucket mm-hmm. writing. Just all the things, by and large, mostly what softball coaches do. It's true, <laughs> It's about it. Yes, because then we coached together. Yeah, and and so. sat on the bucket. On buckets. <laughs>
0: like I, I actually played softball, so I mean I'm not that much of a sports idiot. No,
1: I know. I mean I know
0: that. <laughs> but when the two of you, I mean about, I'm also about to be 12 years old. When you two just say I was sitting on the bucket, it definitely just sounds like you're pooping. No, you know, the bucket Literally. of balls. <laughs> the <Literally a> bucket. <laughs> Just a five-gallon, yep. like, Home Depot bucket. Yep. An empty bucket of seeds. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I'm not one to go straight to child. You're not.
1: Humor. <laughs> like, what, what just happened there? I'm not sure. Yeah, we weren't that descriptive, so I guess that makes sense. Uh-huh. Does <laughs> it? <yeah>, no. <laughs> I was imagining an actual bucket. Okay, yeah, I just to that for the record. First of all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: So So one of the, like, I feel like this very much lends itself to one of the reasons we're like fascinated with you as an individual is because you work with young people um, all the time. That's Mm -hmm. your career Mm -hmm. and you are so incredibly successful at it. And you're truly like foster these incredible relationships with young people. And I just, so anyway, I'd love to just kind of dive into what you do outside of coaching and like during real life. Yeah. Which, I mean, they kind of
1: intertwine at times, don't they? They do. Uh, it's part of the reason that I took the coaching job in the first place, because when I got the phone call to coach, I said no about four times before I said yes. Um, and it was because, yeah, I work with um, high school and middle school students for a parachurch organization um, where we basically befriend high school students to help them see that they are, uh, people who are of importance and people who matter. Um, and I say people on purpose, like they're not just kids. Um, they are humans, um, just younger, underdeveloped brains. Um, but yeah, taking the, the, uh, softball coaching position was important to me because it offers me a space to be in a kid's life. And that's the whole, purpose behind this ministry is is, like, I, I I went to school for a youth ministry degree. It was going to be doing something with maybe end up in a church. Like a lot of people that do that degree end up in a church. And I knew that I didn't want to be a youth pastor. I said, youth pastors go to a church and kids come to the church. And you're basically stuck with whoever shows up there. You're stuck with just the kids that are willing to enter a church or the kids that have parents that are dropping them off. I was just going to say kids
0: whose parents have, yes,
1: not force them but like uh, influence them into this absolutely they're mm -hmm. already walking in the
0: door yes yeah you don't have to put as much maybe i don't mean this in a negative way but maybe as much like effort into like having your crew Mm -hmm. yeah so in your position what what's different what what makes your position different
1: yeah so the the ministry is more so focused on recognizing that kids have lives of their own and we can't ask them to change their lifestyle and their schedule to fit into ours and so it's less about um inviting it ends up being a lot inviting kids into spaces that we we create but it's also it starts with and ultimately is inviting ourselves into spaces that kids are in um and that just means Going to basketball games. It means going to the school play. It means having um having your lunch outside of the school instead of having your lunch inside of your office. Like you just you you be seen and you be in spaces that um that kids are in already, as opposed to handing out a flyer and saying, Hey, come to my church and come do this thing.
0: So um do you work with like specific like Christian schools or you work more with public schools? Like, how do you like gather this group of kiddos who have, who are, you know, expressing interest in
1: being part of, you know, your, your group? Yeah. Uh, I have a very unique opportunity. I call it an opportunity. I'm going to say that that's what it is. Um, to, to do this particular ministry at a Christian school, which is unique. Um, this is mostly a ministry that would exist in public school spaces because uh the idea is to reach the kid that's the furthest out from the church. Like that, Mm -hmm. and that's why I wanted to be in this ministry as opposed to being a youth pastor. So I said I don't want to be with the kids that are already in. I don't want to be with the Mm -hmm. kids that are and and in is even a horrible word to use, but I don't want to be with the kids that are already uh often invested. Yeah, exactly. I want to be with the kids that have no idea who Jesus is. They have no idea that they're important or that they're seen. And uh, there's so, so I do do that at a Christian school. Most of the time, um, our organization as a whole would say we they verbally would say we, yes, that is our goal. I would also say and this even includes myself is that it's still an organization filled with humans and so it's mm-hmm. still an organization filled with not just humans who have different approaches and different opinions but humans that are not are not are, that are flawed <laughs> that are not flawless mm-hmm. <laughs> and so i think that uh if you asked anybody any of any of my leaders any of the team in this region in this area and they would say yes like our goal is that every kid would feel boom, 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 this whole list. Um, or would, yeah, have a sense of belonging and community. And um, however, in practice, that doesn't always happen. I say that for myself too. Like I want every kid to be involved and to feel like when they walk into the room to this thing that we're doing, that they feel connected to something. And am I still gonna get stories of from parents of that say they drop their kid off and nobody talked to their kid? Absolutely. Uh, does it break my heart Mm -hmm. yes because that's been me right like Mm -hmm. that's that's been me that walked into a room and realized nobody noticed that i was here nobody cared that i was here right um and that's Mm -hmm. how that that's how we ended up running i mean that's that's one of my main focuses when i train leaders my we walk into new spaces is you want to see the kid that nobody sees like that's that's the mission of Being a human like really
0: like just in general in general yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. you want to see the person that is that is beat that that believes they are being seen by nobody else mm-hmm. and just to humanize them and how many students adolescents don't feel human how do feel like they're seen as less than and kind of my long answer for that
0: no <laughs> oh, no, no that's it's perfect' really fascinating. That's awesome okay and- that's something we we kind of try to instill in the boys is if you see somebody you know, sitting alone at lunch or, you know, reading by themselves in class, go sit by them. Mm-hmm. You don't have to like make this grand gesture, no. but just. You don't have to tell anybody. You don't tell anybody. You don't mm-hmm. even tell them. Mm-hmm. You can just go sit by them, see what happens. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So, in that kind of realm of kids that you are in touch with, that you influence, that you get to hang out with, all of that, um, what's your biggest challenge? with that in like today's today's youth (laughs) you know meaning like they they do have um some strong opinions Mm -hmm. they have uh, we listen to the other podcasts that you're on they have information that we didn't have necessarily like right at their fingertips all the time so they're going to ask lots more questions um there are so many more kids that are comfortable with their sexuality at such an earlier age that come from different cultures, maybe have, you know, maybe one set of parents is Jewish, you know, one set of parents is gay. Well, you know, there could be all sorts of different um, mixtures of stuff with
1: these kids. How, what's your biggest challenge in reaching those those, all of those kids? My answer to your question is twofold. One, it depends a lot on the leaders that I oversee. Um, and I, in regards to, we, it takes a lot out of a leader to move past all of those things that might be hard. Like I'm now i I'm, I'm, I do oversee a lot of students and I love my relationships with the kids, but I also am overseeing other leaders that are facing the same challenges. And so it's a lot of walking leaders through. Yeah. If a kid comes to you and has a different opinion than you, mm-hmm. how are you going to tackle that how are you going to talk about that without shutting kids down without allowing them the time to process without allowing them the time to think through every single thought that passes their mind which is a million like you have the information age is changing the way that kids process information because they Mm -hmm. can move so quickly from topic to topic to topic they can research in about 15 seconds this happened to me earlier today somebody sent an article or a video of something about vaccinations, um, which is not a hot topic at all. Um, (laughs) uh, It took me 15 seconds to go to Google and type in that person's name, the the person that was giving the speech in the video, and find out how invalid that was. Like, that that is not just for Gen Z. It's for all of the generations. Gen Z just knows how to do it really well. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, when I think of that as like a challenge, I think it's less of a challenge for kids or even for me, it's, it's more of a challenge for me and my leaders to say, Mm -hmm. kids are going to keep doing it. Kids are going to be, they're still going to have access to the same information. Kids are still going to be who they are. It's how do we adjust as adults, as adults in the society to, to listen, to accept what they have to say as fact. And I mean fact in terms of their opinion is a fact of how they feel. Their thought process is a fact of how they got to this answer. Like Mm -hmm. it may be false. And I don't even know what I'm describing right now, but it may be false, whatever they've landed on. And that like, they might've landed on, I'm not worthy of being here. I'm going to commit suicide. Mm -hmm. That could be the fact that they've landed on. I can't just rush in and say, you're wrong. Like you, I can't, I can't, I can't rush in and say, you are wrong. That is bad thinking. Like your verbiage matters and the way that you care for how they've landed at that process matters. And so to come at a kid that says, I don't feel like I belong here. I'm going, thus I'm going to do X, Y, Z. You have to go back to the root of the problem and say that you, what you've begun to believe is invalid. Tell me how you landed there though. So we can Mm -hmm. figure out how to get To the to the end goal that we need, which is you realizing that you do matter that you are Mm -hmm. that you are a person (laughs) that you do belong here for a reason. Um, I don't know if that entirely answers your question, but that's that's what I think of is it, I think that kids are often seen as the problem kids are seen as the challenge. I think that it's us as the adults that are not understanding the students, the adolescents that's the challenge It's Mm -hmm. not the kids themselves from my point of view.
0: That is a great point of view. <laughs>
1: Thanks. No,
0: no I, I literally,
1: I, it really just made me go, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, cause you think of yourself when you were a teenager and that's, that's what I've been trying to do the last couple of months is you were in that space at one time. I was in that space at one time. Mm-hmm. It wasn't me being a problem. It was adults not understanding where I was or what I was thinking or how I was processing information. The fact of the matter was that I was an adolescent walking through my brain being coming fully developed and learning new things about my friends and my life and myself and how I process information and what I wanna do, like what I enjoy, who my friends are. So much transition. Adults are the ones that are relatively fully established that have an idea of that there's science behind that. Like that is, Mm That is adolescent development. It's like we have the fully developed autonomy. Um, if we've processed correctly, we're the ones that have the ability to flex. Kids don't always have that.
0: Well, and I think my as a as a parent who, you know, my kids have two moms. My worry would not be like I have no problem with my with my kids engaging, you know, like in a whether it's a Christian. Environment or a club, or you know, church doesn't scare me, Christianity doesn't scare me. I grew up Catholic, I went to Catholic school, like it has been a part of my life. My worry as a parent would be what messaging are they getting, or judgment are they getting, you know, whether my child, my own child, you know, is in the LGBT community personally, or whether they're in the community based on their parents. How is that being received from your end to make them feel included and not mm-hmm. make them have to question mm-hmm. who they are? You know what I mean? I just, I think it gets so I, my worry is like, it gets muddy and I wouldn't, they should totally be asking questions and questioning who you know they are and who their parents are. That's fine. My worry is like, is there a level of like, here are the rules and here's the like judgment mm-hmm. that kind of comes along with mm-hmm. it. And you are amazing. I have no, I have no concern about like you personally not causing that. My fear is like the organization could potentially cause that.
1: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want it to look like uh-huh. I'm avoiding, but mm-hmm. yep. hmm I think that the church as a whole, and I'm talking big C church, which means just the body of believers that say they follow Jesus has an opportunity. The church as a whole has the opportunity to see how the world is and not try to force. Uh, I'm, uh, there's, uh, there's a good way to say this. I know there is. I have faith uh, that you will come up with. This. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, I'm not trying to pressure no, you. No, no, I know. I know. Up. Totally. I, what I really like about my job is that the only, the only message that we are really um, saying to kids is that Jesus loves them. That's it. That's, and anything beyond that is when kids want to know more. They want to dig in. They want to have, uh, they want to go to church with their leaders. They want to, um come to a Bible study, um, and to ask bigger questions. And that's, that's my whole MO is I want kids to ask questions. Um, and I want to prove to them that I don't know all the answers. Like that is the amount of times that I've asked people questions and they don't give me answers, but they say, what do you think? It's changed my life. Like that is huge to give time to process, to do your own research, which is like the thing of our days, The like this whole year is do your mm-hmm. own research. Like do, get right. the answer. Right. Um, but that's, and that's part of the reason that I also didn't want to be in a church was uh, churches specifically have to follow a very set theology. And, you know, you, you come into a different denomination or whatnot, and you ascribe to that theology. Um, and ministries will have their own general theologies, but me as a as a, as not a pastor, I'm not with a certain denomination. Mm-hmm. I get to say my job with this ministry is to invite kids into something that is safe, that is welcoming, that is a place of belonging. I get to set that standard, um, and and train my leaders the way that they should be trained, um, to create those environments that are safe and welcoming. And when, when that safety, when that, um, when that sense of belonging is attacked in terms of somebody comes to me and says, my kid showed up and didn't feel safe. My kid showed up and didn't feel um, a part of something breaks my heart. And I say, let's fix that. Like Mm -hmm. that is, that's the hardest piece of my job and the best piece of my job to say, your kid didn't feel included. That's like, anybody who opens the Bible and it splits to a page and it's got Jesus on it, he's welcoming in every single human being that he comes across. Anybody is welcome. So anytime that there is a space where kids are not feeling like they are welcome, I say, well, that's not Jesus. So I got to figure it out. I got to fix what I'm doing then.
0: I love that that is, that's what you just said, because I, I truly, I couldn't agree more about what you just said, like opening the Bible and that Jesus is welcoming people like, we're not super religious as a family. And and I certainly don't go to church anymore, but like when I think about what I learned about Jesus and loving people and caring for people, it seems just like so the polar opposite of what's being like shoved down our throats Mm. by the, I'm not average Christian. I would say by the extreme Christian, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's where my hesitation with what to do about church and religion and and Christianity and, and talking about Jesus and talking about God. Like it's certainly a conversation we have with our kids, but my hesitation is like, I also cannot point them in a direction that they're going to be judged. And they're gonna be, you know, that their life is gonna be made more difficult because, Mm -hmm. you know, because we put them in an environment Mm -hmm. where people aren't accepting of, you know, who their who their family is or who or who they are. And again, I can only speak to, you know, our personal dynamic, but my my opinion of it definitely changed once I was in a same-sex marriage with two Mm -hmm. children you know, both of us are involved in, in church and, yeah. and organizations prior to being together and being together has kind of removed that aspect away, like further and further away from our life. Definitely. It's something that I still struggle with. Yeah. As far as, is it my job to adjust mm. to meet the standards of an organization or a church or a religion that, doesn't see me as an equal because I have a wife and that's purely the only reason we were seen as equals until we were together. And then we
1: weren't Mm -hmm. It's like
0: literally a signature on a piece of paper changed that. So it's, it's interesting. It's, it's something that I struggle with. Um, I mean, I certainly. Were you involved in like youth groups like this when you were younger? Mm -hmm. Not the, not Kaylee's organization, but, um, an independent church youth group. Christian church youth group. And what was that experience like for you? Intimidating.
1: Hmm.
0: It was, um, it was fun. I had a great time. We did a lot of fun stuff. I mean, we even went on a trip to Whistler to snowboard for like three days. Sounds about but, right. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was super fun. That's like, what I think of. I mean, th- from the kids who were involved in stuff like this when I was younger, it was oh, like yeah. there was always just, just a lot of fun activities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just seeing it from a different lens as an adult. It's like, but just much more like on on mm-hmm. the. Um, not, I don't want to say defensive, but on um, protective. Protective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. So, what was intimidating about it? Uh, there was definitely a sense of like all of the like youth leaders um, were a clique, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and they obviously knew more about the Bible than you did. And if you didn't understand or like know a certain verse off the top of your head, mm-hmm. they were like, well, like they would never say it directly. But like, why wouldn't you know that mm-hmm. kind of feeling? But it was a pretty diverse group of kids. And I didn't go to the church that it was
1: attached to. Mm -hmm. I just participated in the youth group with friends. Mm -hmm.
0: But as a Catholic who went to Catholic high school, it was a, I mean, overall great experience. I loved the sense of community. I loved that we would go and have like before we did any show, we'd have like a mass, Mm. you know, like on the stage. Like, so it was really like, it could be really powerful in like ways that I could relate to religion that I couldn't, that I had never experienced before. Mm. It just felt so like intertwined and ingrained in like everything you were doing. Mm. So it typically was a really good experience Um, I had one instance where someone I was close to had expressed being suicidal and I like was really scared, like to me. And so I was really scared. And I went to our, you know, our priest, um, and he was like, you know, incredible. And like immediately reached out to the kids. So, I mean, like I've had so many, I had so many great experiences, um, But again, as I'm older and I see how some of the things the school does is being portrayed on social media, for example, like taking kids down to like the pro-life march in DC. Your school specifically? My school specifically, but I would say that goes for any Catholic high school on Long Island probably has the same trip planned. (laughs) Um, Field trip. I'm like, whoa, was that really going on when I was there? You know, like, I don't know if I was just, I took what I wanted out of what was happening, what felt good to me about being in a Catholic environment that felt good. And that was what I took away from it. But that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I never felt like there was a ton of judgment. But again, I was also <laughs> a closeted lesbian. <laughs> so, i you know, I don't. I really I I really grapple with it because there's pieces of it that were so important to me that I hope my kids get to experience. Mm. And then there's the like very cynical adult in me that mm-hmm. is like, there's no way we're ever going to fit in in a church environment. Mm. It, I do struggle with that as well because like not only was I involved in team sports, but then I was involved in like, especially as an only child, like, those yeah. things were very important to me. Mm-hmm. My friends and the activities we all did together. So you know, whether it was on the basketball
1: court, at the softball field, or at youth group,
0: those things were important to me. And now I wonder what that will be like. I want my kids to have those experiences and and obviously make their own choices and decisions about their lives. But I I wonder if one or both of the boys do get involved in youth group, what messaging they will get. For mm-hmm. sure. It, and it it's sad that that's what we have to worry about are you gonna start crying no
1: today might be the episode (laughs) don't get i don't cry no i'm gonna make you cry i've already (laughs) decided decided, what
0: would you say i mean in our our current climate is you know tumultuous and divided and and there's so much going on in the world would you say the church has an opportunity to bridge the divide? Or do you feel like the church is currently
1: contrib- con-
0: contributing <laughs> yeah. to the divide?
1: Contributing. Yeah. Yes. So thank you for this softball of the question. Yeah. So just lob that up. Um, <laughs> let me just launch it out of the park right here. But to be um, fair, these no, are the conversations we actually have as a as group. Absolutely. Agree- yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I mean that in a very sarcastic <laughs> manner. There's always truth in sarcasm. Um, but uh, it, it, anybody who's answering no is, is kidding themselves. Like the answer is yes. Like the church has the opportunity to, 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 bridge all the time. The church can be a bridge and and ultimately bridge is not even the word that I would use because that means that there's two different entities. And, and, uh, what's fascinating these days is the, um, (laughs) is the, the, the term Christian nationalism in general, um, which, is interesting because it's usually upheld by people who uh, believe in the sanctity of the constitution and the declaration and all the things that I probably knew at one point, but don't anymore. Um, And yet the separation of church and state is so obvious in there. And so what are you really advocating for? Um, And me as a Christian who happens to live in America, like I don't want the church and the state to be together, and that, and I, I realize that I'm on the outskirts of of Christianity in that view, mm-hmm. and that's because, uh, I, and I'm realizing I forgot your question. I'm just going to talk about this instead. like this is interesting. Um, the and again, all of this is coming from me actually opening my Bible and reading it, and that is that's what's that's what's been life changing for me is actually instead of taking what somebody throws at me or what a pastor says or what I've, like you said, like those little pieces that you've gleaned from your experience as a child in a Catholic institution. Um, I take the, I I take those big ideas and now I'm like, okay, shoot. Um, how much of that was actually from the Bible and how much of that was opinion of the pastor. Um, and now as an adult going back and reading and looking at these things and, um, can I just interject and say, and this is why I feel like I can trust
0: these conversations with you mm. is because of how genuine and thorough your like your faith mm. is. Sure. It's it is not something you are trying to throw a blanket over everyone else. And yeah. that just know that. Thanks. I know this conversation wouldn't be easy with other people, but is easy with you because I have like so much respect for like how you approach and how thorough, like, like you said, I actually mm-hmm. opened the Bible and I did yeah, and I tried to figure out what, what we're coming from yes. and what, like what this means to me. And like, yeah, that's just wanted to make sure that you knew I. this isn't an
1: easy conversation with yeah, most people. Sure, right, this right. is an easy conversation with you. Yeah. thank yeah, sure. <laughs> you. And I like having these conversations because I feel like they're not, they're usually handled so wrong. And, and in terms of like, I, it's not my job to make you follow Jesus. That's not my job. Not mm-hmm. as a Christian, not as somebody who works for the the big C church. Like that's not my job. My job is to plant seeds is to sow, and then sow the seeds. Like it's to say, Hey, here's this guy, Jesus. If you want to learn more, I would love to share with you about him. Like, here's what he stands for. Here's what he did. Here's who God is. Here's how, the, and, and I'm in, I'm in seminary right now. So that I will have more answers in about a year or two. Uh, when I graduate. But, um, the, those sorts of conversations I love to have because they're had so wrong. And this is where I was going at with, with um, Christian nationalism is this idea that, that people want to force Christian values mm-hmm. on a nation that's not Christian. Right. And, and no matter how many dollar bills you have in your pocket that say, in God, we trust, that's just the thing that's on your bill. Like it doesn't, we don't, we don't live in a Christian nation and that's not a, dis on christians that's not a dis on america it's just a fact like we don't live in a christian nation and if we create laws that make people be christians you won't have christians or to live by quote unquote biblical christian values um that's not that's not the case um you will have then people who are forced to follow the actions but not the heart of christianity and that is not that's false. That's misleading. Mm -hmm. I think it also is one of the challenges I would say, I guess,
0: of a political party trying to force Christian values on a nation is they pick and choose which values. Mm -hmm. That's not how it works. (laughs) You know, like you can't just pick and choose and say, well, it's like they've hijacked Christianity. Exactly. Where not? It's not like there are versions, but your like with my quote fingers up version of Christianity, and like you know your love of Jesus and I'm wanting to like walk in His steps. You know what I mean? Like, is such a completely different mindset than what has been commandeered Mm -hmm. by like Mm -hmm. conservative Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. because ultimately
1: if we were going to be a christian nation that forced christian values on people that would mean that we would probably be communists i was gonna say that we (laughs) wouldn't be a democracy no because we would absolutely we would be a nation of people who are uh, uh that are communally giving up of their resources that are living on the streets but sharing everything they have like if 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 anybody who's listening who owns a Bible or owns an app on their phone called the Bible, you can look at Acts. <laughs> <laughs> it's free. It's the freest book in the world. Um, you can download the app. And in Acts 2, the the community of disciples are sharing, it says they shared everything, they had everything in common. They shared everything they had. So they are trying to follow Jesus. And anybody who comes to Jesus and says, I'm following all the Ten Commandments, I'm, this is another another story in the Bible. Is it somebody says i'm coming to you and i've done all the things i've honored my father and mother i'm I'm, whatever i've done all the things and jesus says there's one thing that you still need to do you need to sell all your possessions and come and follow me and the guy walks away sad he's like i'm i can't do that and i think of how often we do that and and are not challenged to to do otherwise like i am living very comfortably i own property which as a 27 year old single woman is impressive
0: Mm -hmm.
1: one caveat, my parents paid for college, like I don't take any me- like financial advice from me. <laughs> <laughs> this is not something that I'm, I'm not a girl boss that like figured it out and did it on my own uh, by any means. However, I'm realizing that I'm living very comfortably. And so now I'm like, if I'm really actually gonna say that I I follow the Jesus of the Bible, because again, like you said, calling myself as a Christian is it, it is a bold statement, because it could mean 100 different things to 100 different people. And I'd say to connect that to kids, that's where kids are at now is they, they do want to follow Jesus. They do want to say that they believe that God created them. They do want to say these things, but to say, I am a Christian is a painful sentence for them to say, mm-hmm. because they never know what somebody else, what their peers are going to hear when they say I'm a Christian, what their parents are going to hear when they say I'm a Christian, all of those different things. I feel the exact Absolutely. same way. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I lay in bed and, and tell Calvin from deep in my soul that I asked for him. Mm-hmm. Aha! It's you. I'm the crier this time. Like I asked God, I asked mm-hmm. God for him. I prayed for him and it took a long time for me to get pregnant. And like, I truly believe that like Jesus like handed me Calvin. Like I believe that in my soul that he was handmade by God because only God could create Calvin and Mm -hmm. the amazing human that he is and hand him to me. And so it's very hard for me to like matriculate that deep of a connection with God and Mm -hmm. with Jesus. And then he gave me my child that I literally begged him for, for years and also be scared for him to go to a youth group. Mm -hmm. Like that's, hard mm-hmm. that's hard and i'm not i and i never have been a big church goer it's not like i walked away from a specific organization that judged me and i left like that wasn't it it's more just like i It was a connection i did always have and now i i do cringe at the idea of oh i'm a christian it's very i'm a catholic mm. certainly not like you know it's like, like abrasive because like, like, you know yeah. you, what kind he, of catholic yeah. Kind of Christian? Who yeah. to me as Mary, as you know, a gay woman who is married. Like, where do I? Wow, all of that, mm-hmm. all of the things that come with that. Like, I, I don't know how, mm-hmm. and I, I know I, I don't know, and I don't know how to communicate that with them other than to explain my feelings yeah. and my mm-hmm. like connection with God mm-hmm. and with praying, you know, and and what we ask for still, you know, as a couple, and it's, you know kids are kids, natural intuition of like being so inquisitive and questioning and, and understanding that the word, you know, the word Christian has, like I said, kind of been commandeered, um, is very honest. Mm -hmm. And I, I love to hear you say that they're like kind of you know, yes, I I, I want to learn more about, you know, Jesus or I want to, you know, learn more about the Bible, but I'm gonna try to feel about all of the humans that come along with it. Yes.
1: <laughs> that's, that's super accurate. Absolutely. And I, my, my response initially is just that, that we need to hear more stories like yours, because I think that there's, and this is coming from somebody within the church to say, nobody, not nobody, few people are brave enough to come forward and say, here's my life experience. Here's who I am as a person. And here's my relationship with God. It looks nothing like yours, but it's real. You can't tell me that this is, you can't tell me that God didn't give me Calvin. You can't tell me that because Mm -hmm. I know in my heart and my soul that that's true. However, here's also my life experience. Here's who I am as a person. Fact. (laughs) Mm -hmm. This is real. This is real. But you're telling me that I can't have both. Human, Something's right, wrong. Right. <laughs> Something's yeah, off. Right. And that is where those are the conversations that I'm having with a lot of students, and and I talked about this on the other podcast that I was on. But the idea that kids kids are being are smart enough, and I'd say adults are also in this, but kids, where was my focus? Kids look at their life and they look at the Bible, and they want to know can they work together. And my answer is yes, they can. The question is, are you living your life correctly and are you reading the Bible correctly? Because both can be wrong. Like, both your experience and and how you treat other people, how you interact with the world, can be wrong. How you're reading the Bible can be wrong. It it most likely is wrong. Like, the Bible's been translated 16 different languages before it landed in English. 16 is just a number I threw out. Please don't fact check me on that. Um, (laughs) But it's translated (laughs) from many different languages. Everything is an interpretation. Thank Thank you you for saying that everything is an interpretation. It is. You have to have faith that that's where the word faith comes in for me. I have to have faith that this is, this is what I'm reading and how I'm interacting with God while I read the Bible is real. Mm -hmm. You have to have faith that when you drive your car, the other cars won't hit you. Like no matter what you're doing in your life, you're living on faith. That is a faith (laughs) that I have on, on this. But yes, the interpretation it's all interpretation nobody can say i know for a fact that the bible says this oh well you can say I, I know that this version of the bible for a fact says this but you can't tell me that for a fact unless you have do do you have the manuscript do you have the <laughs> do you have um, the handwriting of paul in your hands i don't think so,
0: so yes sorry i cut you off go no 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 You were, that was that was that was it well and you you weren't raised going to church? No, mm -mm. I went to like Christian camps and participated in youth group. But um, yeah, like said my prayers at night with my mom. But yeah, nothing like nothing super religious, Mm -hmm. you know, wasn't like regimented or anything like that. But um, do you remember a time where it occurred to you? I guess my, I, I, I can think of a very specific time where all of a sudden I was like, oh, I'm being told what to do by an organization versus, this is really nice and it's nice to, to pray with my mom at night. I, I have that very specific moment in mind. Do you have, where you kind of have that mental shift where you yes. were like, oh, I'm not really a part of this mm-hmm. I'm going to use the word conservative. I mean, just because it typically goes hand in hand. You know what I mean? Where like, Mm -hmm. you were like, I'm not really a hundred percent on board with the way this church is telling me I should, I should be, or what I should believe. I actually have two moments. I have one. So I worked, ended up in high school working at the same Christian camp that I attended as a camper um, for many years. And being on the staff side, we were, you know, there are many requirements for that, I mean, I had to do like three Bible studies a day. I had to do like a personal Bible study, a uh, staff Bible study, and then like a, a camper Bible study, and then devotionals and like I mean but I would currently it... call you like super Jesus. Yeah. That's how we would as a couple refer to you. <laughs> yes. When you're saying things like that. Um, yes. Like, you are a super, super Jesus. You were a super like, Jesus. Like it was a little almost like culty mm. in that sense of like, if you don't do these things, then you're not doing Christianity correctly. Mm. Like, this is what you're, this is what we've decided means you're a Christian. Mm.
1: Which is a fat lie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Just, yeah.
0: And then. Period. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah. Just
0: end of sentence. But, and then as an adult, before I came out, a friend of mine came out and I had been casually going to church with a former roommate of mine and um, one of the pastors at that church, like I had mentioned, like that I was, you know, like my best friend just came out and this is like a big deal. Mm. And the reaction of that pastor was, Well, let's say a prayer that they come back to Jesus. Mm. And so they literally, I literally sat there in the church after church service, and this woman prayed with me that my best friend would come back to walk with Christ. Oh, like boy. Leave the lifestyle. And for me now being out and married and <laughs> <laughs> have a family, like that was big mm-hmm. in my mind. I went, and that's basically when I stopped attending that church. Cause I went, I don't belong here. Mm-hmm. This is not for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You were like, retreat, retreat. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I gotta go. That's very overwhelming. I mean, to pray somebody, even if someone was like, doing something harmful like if they were like on drug you know like have a drug problem it's mm-hmm. like you pray for their health or their comfort or you know what I mean but mm-hmm. just like to pray that they're not
1: gay yeah. it's like well under the guise of come back to Jesus which is a fascinating prayer to me because it I bet what you're what you were praying ended up having to be an actual prayer later because did that person then leave the church, then leave Jesus, leave their relationship with Christ. I would pray then that this person would come back to Christ period. That's, that would be my prayer. Not, not the intention, but you knew what they were saying. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Like they, they cloaked in language of come back to Christ. Uh, I'm assuming that she had left. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. (laughs) The assumption is because
0: I still, Consider myself like I, I guess like a Christian, mm. mm-hmm. a person of faith. A person of faith, yeah. Like I pray still. I you know see a gorgeous sunset and mm. or sunrise and and always stop and think, wow, like good job, yeah. good yeah. job this morning, <laughs> <Yeah>. nicely done, to <laughs> nice you, good sir. <laughs> <laughs> like you know what I mean, but you have those moments of like, yeah, you did Hot that, to you, yeah. I would say my first moment of like I feel like just going against everything that everyone around me believed in mm-hmm. was in high school. I I took uh, religion like all through high school. I have read the Bible cover to cover. Nice. I can't I can't say that yeah. I have retained it that information. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I did that and I but, still like would, you know, again. <laughs> can say I did it over the course of the four years that I went to my high school. Mm-hmm. But um there I think it was a class called Christian Morality, mm. which you can imagine. Mm. It was a hundred percent fact. You can imagine how this <laughs> how this goes for sixteen year olds sitting in a classroom together i don't want to be in a regular classroom of 16 year olds (laughs) sitting together (laughs) never mind stressful and they instead of having an open conversation about abortion just rolled in the vcr and showed a video of it of like an actual procedure Mm
1: -hmm. (gasps) oh no i left i (laughs) walked out absolutely i be like, I, I have to pee for the next hour. No,
0: again? I was like, I'm not sitting in here because th- I'm me. I'm <laughs> going <You're talking
1: laughs> <I was> <laughs> to the bathroom. Mary's like, let me, hold on. Give me, let me give a speech. I'll tell you exactly
0: what I did. I was like, I'm going to stand outside for the remainder of this class. You can let me know when this video is over. Good. And I stood up and I walked out and I stood in the hallway in my <laughs> uniform, my blazer. Yes. Plaid skirt. Yes, of course the plaid skirt. I was senior, sucks. so it was the senior plaid skirt. No, we Ooh. didn't do these, so we had oh. tights. Oh. Um, senior plaid skirt's totally different than the regular plaid skirt. Was but it yeah. shorter? No, probably. We rolled it off <laughs> yeah. within an inch of our life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I went and stood outside and then uh, I was told when I could come back in. I mean they didn't he the teacher didn't the teacher, I guess, <laughs> also the same teacher who was my driving teacher. <laughs>
1: same guy. Same, no guy. Same. Same guy <laughs> taught me
0: how to drive, has tried to show me a video <laughs> of an actual medical procedure of someone getting an abortion. What I did do. <sighs> after, so, so uncomfortable. So uncomfortable. What's so uncomfortable in our kitchen talking about it yeah. right now. I don't love that journey for you. <laughs> Imagine being 16. But my point was, and I said this one on one to the teacher after the class was over, was and what if one of your students was sitting in class pregnant today? For a million reasons, making us watch that video was Mm wrong.
1: I mean. Trauma upon trauma upon trauma. Exactly.
0: And it was just like, that's just, and I don't know if they still do it to this day. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know what they're allowed. It's a private school. They're probably allowed to do whatever Mm -hmm. the hell they want. But like, you know, I, I really just, that was a very defining moment for me. That made me 100% realize the difference between mm. her life and her choice. Cause at that time it was not something. To, it was the nineties. People weren't talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> like Bobo
1: the clown. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like first, I mean, I think I just lived like a fairly charmed privileged life mm. where that it just, it wasn't something that came up mm-hmm. until really that moment. And I'm grateful that it happened because it absolutely solidified that a feeling and a, a belief that I had mm-hmm. without even knowing there were two options. Mm-hmm. I just was like, this is not my option. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> like, well, you told me what I, what I don't need. To, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I know this isn't it. Sure. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, I think those little moments add up. Mm-hmm. And I can only imagine any person, regardless of how strong their faith is, regardless of how religious they are, of how Catholic they are, of how anything they are. I mean, how Jewish they are, whatever mm-hmm. they are. Mm-hmm. There have to be moments where you question how you align mm. with, you know, what your, what your beliefs are, Mm -hmm. you know, what are just, I guess, supposed to be or within the organization. You know, I think that's why I just love talking to you so much is because I never feel like I'm talking to an organization. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Good. To a certain extent, you kind of are, but... uh... But not someone who's
0: just like, I've sat in this pew for 25 years and I know that I have to think (laughs) this exact way or
1: it's not okay. Yeah. Which is awful is so many people of faith in general, but in the, in the American Christian church, because even that is like, that's such a small microcosm of the church at at large. Like there's, Christianity is global. So I can't even speak to what it's like to be a Christian in a third world country or Mm -hmm. what it's like to have, I don't know, different theologies in different countries. And, um, which sounds, if we think that being a Christian in America is hard, you can be a Christian in America you right. can't in so many other countries like our church broadcasts their church service on four different platforms like we can be christian i can tell you i can sit i could go outside and scream it and somebody might yell back at me but i'm not going to be arrested right. for being a christian somebody yeah. might start yeah
0: yeah just
1: yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah or just like good for you who cares yeah and you're right like this is dumb why am i yelling outside but
0: uh yeah Okay, so I feel like I want to kind of end this conversation on a, a little bit of a doozy, because I <laughs> something if if we must okay if everything else we have talked about isn't already um like super heavy. I would love your opinion on there are folks who don't necessarily see, for example, Ash and I's marriage as equal to like marriage between a, marriage between a man and a woman is it my job to change their mind? Hmm. Because where I question it is, I wouldn't expect you to change my mind about how I feel about my marriage. So I guess, you know, do you have any advice or is, you know, I would imagine, you know, if you have kids, you know, youth who come in and want to talk about, you know, different types of families or or whatever the issue is like kind of
1: what are your thoughts on that yeah I think that the my initial response is is it your job to change somebody's mind no just as it's not my job to change anybody's mind it is my job to present experience it's my job to tell a story it's my job to uh, give you as much information as I can, I would say that, and, and that's because it's literally my job, but you as a person, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you as a as a person, is it your job to do any of that? No. And I'm not not talking paid job, but it, is it your task? Is it your duty? No. But I would say that, uh, and I, I think I said this earlier, but it is a, it is a blessing to other people when you share your story and when you share your experience and allow them the opportunity to have all the information. Like that ultimately what you're offering is the information to say like, here's how I grew up and here, like to know people that are outside of this, uh, or know people that are in the church to say like, Hey, I I see that your church believes this. Can I share with you my experience? What would happen if I walked into your church? What would happen if I, brought my kids to your youth group. Um, and it, it is, that's a lot of work like that. It, it's unfair that mm-hmm. you are being asked to do more work. Um, I would say that it also means that it is, it would be your task if you wanted to, to do research on different churches. Like if that was something you wanted to pursue and that would like, it sounds like you've been having those conversations. Like, is that some, what would you want to do with your kids, with your, your future life and all this stuff. And my, my short answer is look around. Like there are, there are churches that believe different things. Um, and that, and again, that's why I love what I get to do is that it's not a denomination. Um, there are certain denominations that would probably not, uh, not care one bit if you walked through the door and yeah. I mean that in the mm-hmm. best way possible so right. yeah right.
0: and I, I see that I definitely see that I think um I mean we we drove by a Methodist church the mm-hmm. other day that said trans rights are human rights and we mm-hmm. were and like cheering in, we in the car, car. Mm-hmm. um I think for us the challenge is in the individual relationships sure. over the idea of like being part of an organization Mm -hmm. so i Mm -hmm. as i Mm -hmm. said it like is it my job to change someone's Mm -hmm. mind i realize it's not my responsibility and everyone can have their own thoughts about it it's hard when your life is put into question especially from someone who you care about or put into a box yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you're told like, you're valid or you're, you're invalid right, or, right. you know, your marriage is real or it's, or it's not real. Or we, you know, we love you and, and you guys are great and we think you're great parents, but you're not a man and a woman, you know, like yeah. that's, it's a tough pill to swallow. And we do make choices about who is worth that conversation Yeah, you know, Absolutely. And, and who is it. And, and, and that is the same in return. People choose to have that conversation with us or they don't mm-hmm. and plenty as we've said before, have choose chosen to not be a part of participate. Our life. participate <laughs> in our life. Whether Jesus has anything to do High way to put that yeah yeah. Whether Jesus has anything yeah. to do with it or not, sure. um, or the the guise of Jesus. But yeah, yeah, I ap- I appreciate your always your your insight in this because you it just makes me think more. Mm-hmm. And I mean, what's what, mm-hmm. what's better out of a, a friendship and a relationship than like someone who really like challenges you and pushes spark. you and and
1: definitely to be cliche, it makes you think outside the box. Mm-hmm.
0: But,
1: and I think yeah. that the the final thought on that, and this would be as it applies to your kids, is allow them, and I'm, I'm not saying that you don't, I think you probably do, allow them the space to ask so many questions mm-hmm. and to leave them empty. And that is where that's, where I, that's what I'm able to do with my kids is they ask me so many questions about can, does this mean this and does this mean this and can, can this really happen here and my friend said this and they said this and they are asking a million questions and they ask questions from the moment they can start talking, right? Like your two-year-old is going to be why, 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 why? Mm-hmm. It's our human nature. Yeah. But if we pretend that we know all the answers, then kids will not learn to think on their own. Because they're always going to be following whatever it is that you say. If they're if they're that kind of kid, they might just be the rebellious kid that's like, mm-hmm. "Mom said it, so I'm not going to do it." Um, <laughs> but the 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 opportunity to ask questions is one of the best gifts in the world. Like we have that we're afforded that opportunity to ask questions. The question is, can we ask them in a way where people aren't trying to tell us this is the answer, this is it? That's phenomenal okay. advice.
0: um, and I would mean this in the least patronizing way from someone who's not a parent. That is truly fantastic advice to parents Mm -hmm. because as a parent, you want to fix everything. Mm -hmm. You want to make it easy. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure there's no suffering Mm -hmm. Um, and you you want to be able to answer the questions and feel like they they have someone who's like so, you know, has so much wisdom Mm -hmm. to look up to as Mm -hmm. as the parent. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So to hear you say to leave it, to not have the answers
1: is brilliant. I read something the other day that said parents uh, parents don't prepare the road for the kids. They prepare the kids for the road. And there's too many parents out there that are trying to prepare a road. They're like, uh, I'm, you're not going to hit a speed bump. You're not going to turn. You're just going to go straight. And this is the way you're going to go. Don't prepare the road for your kid. Prepare your kid for the road they're going to be facing. I'm not a parent. You're right. That was mind-blowing information for me. That was phenomenal. It was, I- it was amazing. My mind has certainly been blown just now.
0: <laughs> That's the kind of nugget Ash and I take away. And we're like, this is going to be intertwined in the philosophy of our parenting. Mm. We uh, take parenting yeah, very seriously. Yeah. And, we, and we're very thoughtful about the kinds of parents we are. Mm-hmm. I mean, we the conversations true... we do have with the kids mm-hmm. and don't have with kids. And we have really open dialogue with them about things that are really complicated and probably a past, maybe uh, above their, Ageable, I would mm-hmm. say, typically because we don't shut down, we don't belittle the question if we are not ready to answer it. Yes. Oh lordy, there <laughs> are times when I am not ready. Yeah. But <laughs> but instead, you you um, kind of just like grin and bear it, mm-hmm. you know, and you come up with the answer that is age appropriate mm-hmm. without again without belittling them or why, why would you ask that or you'll understand when you're older yes well and my biggest thing that I have has really hit me as Calvin gets older but I'll be honest Sawyer is he
1: comes oh. at me
0: from left right and center fields with his freaking questions at his ripe old age of almost nine <laughs> and I'll be honest like I will answer things that I am not comfortable talking about, <laughs> whether mm-hmm. it be about drugs or sex or relationships or I mean all the things that decisions parents, people have made. Parents mm-hmm. have to like <sighs> a deep mm-hmm. breath before they start talking. Because and I say this every time when they're when they're stunned at my answer is I'd rather you hear it from me mm. than inaccurate information from someone else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. i'd rather them know what things actually are and what things mean and what like you know what consequences could come from me decisions. than from some mm-hmm. bing bong on the slide yeah. like uh-huh because that's it's usually how it comes up is, so-and-so has yep just said. said there's cocaine and big nuts. yeah that was one the other day good what yeah <laughs> I was like, wait. So, what? like, first off, Big Macs would be way more popular. <laughs> Seriously. Wait, I'm like, should we go get a Big Mac? Yes. That's <laughs> the theory. Like,
1: wait a second. <laughs> just to see. Yeah. I'm
0: exhausted. Yes. Let's get a Big Mac.
1: <laughs> like, I have an all-night study session coming up. I need a Big Mac. <laughs> Maybe yeah. Yeah, I do <laughs> They have, like, a buy one, get one for a dollar. I'm in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like honestly, uh,
0: yes. In that case, I'm like, well, here's my chance. Like, mm-hmm. let's talk about drugs and why they wouldn't be in that's obviously. <laughs> uh, but like, yes, yes, You know that that word and that idea is coming up in an elementary conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, like, let's talk about it. But I really, um I love the idea of. Having you can have so many questions and not necessarily have all of the answers and how powerful that can also be as a parent is really. That's huge. Mm -hmm. Definitely something I'll have to remember. Love that. Yeah. Okay. So we do wrap up our episodes when we have guests or Mm -hmm. friends at the, at the kitchen table. Um, Did we even mention that Kaylee is actually at the kitchen table? I don't think we have. I don't Uh, think we have. If it wasn't abundantly clear. (laughs) Yeah, she's here. She's actually at the table. You're um, <laughs> only the second person, right? Yeah, at the table. Yeah. Oh, nice. Good. I don't yeah. know how to dance. There was a yeah. dance. You do. Going on. That was good. Times awesome. like this, when I, I think we might need a YouTube channel. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> um, so we have three questions that we like to ask. Love it. They're fun. I don't know. They're super easy. Great. So So, um, who is your best friend? from your childhood? And do you currently still speak to them or have a relationship with them?
1: Um, my initial answer is that, so I moved schools after first grade, and for some reason I still considered those girls my best friends, the ones mm-hmm. from first grade. Yeah, I don't think we ever spoke to each other after first grade, <laughs> but I'm when I think of childhood best friends, it's always yeah. Anne and Alicia from first grade. Um, and, uh, but beyond that, that was literally till I was what seven. <laughs> and we moved, and I went to a totally different school. Uh, but my uh, when I think of childhood, my, my initial response is my they were my cousins. So it was my I only have I have one one female cousin that's like I believe she's like eleven now, so she wasn't born when I was a child. Mm-hmm. So I had two female cousins on my dad's side, and they I didn't have sisters, so though they were kind of they were my they were at every birthday party, every sleepover was just at... The martinez's house like i was it. So. i love that yeah, that's that's awesome. i love
0: that people have
1: passionate feelings
0: about like like the, their deep love of their cousins mm-hmm. i feel like that's mm-hmm. if it's part that's your family dynamic like mm-hmm. people truly like their cousins are so so important yeah. so i love that.
1: that yeah we grew up together
0: so that's fun i love that. all right who mm-hmm. is your best friend now
1: yeah when i thought about this question um i didn't really know how to answer because i'm the kind of person that has like Different best friends, you know, comes from like a normal place situations. of joy. The question yes. comes
0: from a place of Thank joy. Thank you.
1: So when I but so, <laughs> no, 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 no. Here's the thing. I thought about it. I thought it was so it. Here's here's my here's the 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 preface that I would give is when I really thought about this question, I thought, um, who is the person that when somebody tells me something, they're also telling my best friend? And that would be my friend, Claire. She hears everything. If somebody tells me something, you're, you're just assuming that I'm also going to be telling her. <laughs> that is, that is, uh-huh. That's how I landed on Claire. And I was like, she, she's, she is one of my best, best friends. But when I thought about like, who's my best friend right now, I was like, man, I tell Claire everything. And it's things that I'm like, I probably shouldn't have told her that. Like that maybe was told in confidence. So well, sorry, but, um, <laughs> that's but your confidence. it's my confidence. That's right. And I know that it's literally going to stop there. She will not even tell her husband. So like, that's the best news. Um, <laughs> love that. One. Yeah. Sounds great. We love That's her our answer. We love Claire. Okay. Last okay, question. Last one.
0: What is your favorite memory with us? Or and just Dash. Or
1: you can, or you can just, yeah. so I knew this question was coming. <laughs> My favorite memory with you is I believe it was during a softball practice because I think that we were sent to do something and we said, we don't want to go back to the field yet. So we just sat in your car, um, in the middle. I believe it was in the middle of a practice, yeah. which just makes that memory even better. <laughs> um, and you had to, you had to show me the waitress soundtrack. Yes. Um, so we listened to, um, Oh my gosh, what is that song? The, uh, she's it's like a ballad. She used to be mine? Yes. You showed me She Used to Be Mine by Sarah Bareilles, and we just sat in your car, and I think you started crying. Probably. And I believe it was the same time that we also just sat in your car for about an hour and a half and just had a very, very real conversation about things that were happening in my life, and we were able to share really hard things Mm -hmm. about what was happening in my family and your experience. It was after practice. It was after practice, because we wouldn't have done that to Dennis. (laughs) never, never. Um, It was like yes, a Saturday breakfast. That was after you're right. Yep. You're right. Um, but I just have a very dear memory of that. I think I talked about it in therapy the next week um because it was so beautiful. Um but that was <laughs> hold it together. And not crying. Um that was my that was that's one of my favorite memories with you because it felt like I was actually able to get to know you way more and we were able to meet each other on a different level, which we hadn't. Before, because we're both pretty goofy, and so I think we've yeah. been very goofy for a long time. But that was like, let's get to know each other. I love that. Yeah,
0: she's totally crying, guys. <laughs> I'm not. <know. laughs> Everything is funny. But... Well, thank yeah. you so much for being here. Oh, it's That was a question. fantastic conversation. That really was. I appreciate you so much and all of your opinions and knowledge. I'm grateful to be here be friends with you guys. Love it. Well, thank it. you for joining us at the kitchen table with your friends, Ash and Mare.